can, can I just say, like, God bless that teacher for putting up with a you, you Monty and Derek. Oh, I'd be like, hey, like, listen, prom's coming up. Like, are are we sneaking in fireball nips? Because I think they're they're patting out the students. But like, what's where where are you feeling on this? If we bought it for you, no pressure. And he'd be like, all right, guys, like, everyone open the chapter, like, chapter one, or we get the test. And I'd be like. All right, this is my favorite when I was in school. I'm like, just give us a softball. What's number one? Just give us number one on the house. And like some teachers would be like, you know what? It's C. Like, but yeah, hit it again. He, like, oh he was like mad. Like that's what people don't understand. Like about their teachers when you're younger, but like he was a mad funny dude then. He's mad funny now. And so when I said something that was genuinely funny, it was fine. But I never knew the right time or place. And so he'd be like, this isn't the time or place. And I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna try to not. Let this rip here, but so yeah. Shout out Dan Hennigan. Let's begin now. I woke up this morning and I said, you know, instead of waiting for a good day to happen, you know, waiting around through ups and downs, you know, I, I just said, look. What's up, everyone? Uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. A breath of fresh life. I am Garrett Hayden, joined by Andrew Lydon and Brenna Keith this evening. What's up, guys? How, how are you doing? I'm good. Sorry my dog was growling in the background. Who knows why? Just uh, my apologies in general. What up, what up? Not, not too much, just... You know, chilling, enjoying the nice weather that we're we've been having. Uh, got outside yesterday. It was uh, beautiful yesterday, um, and it's going to be nicer tomorrow. I think it's like seventy something, so that will be fun. Um, so, guys, uh, you can follow our Twitter page at Breath Podcast. Been trying to uh, be a little more active on Twitter. Uh, you may have noticed we were a little active uh, earlier today. Um, I want to find out more about Brenna and her, uh, was it Bachelor Fantasy Fantasy League? So mm-hmm. can't wait to find out about that. Um, yep. But just before we get going, we are just doing kind of a agenda-free episode. Anything goes, just going to talk about anything that comes up and anything that's interesting. So um, Brenna, I feel like that's a great place to start. <laughs> so you <laughs> tweeted uh, something earlier today about... Um, is it is it the Bachelor or the Bachelorette? Um, well, it's been both seasons. So there was a Bachelorette one, okay. and this season was the Bachelor. Okay, and so you did a fantasy league. I have no idea how that works. <laughs> <laughs> so we pick. Um, there's like a bunch of questions, and then we pick the girls like in the order. So you pick your top ten, your top five, four, or then your three, and then the winner out of the three um and then there's other little polls like how many bodies of water do you think they're gonna kiss in this season um list the places you think they're gonna go like travel to that was the bachelorette obviously not the bachelor um how many times do you think like someone's gonna cry and say i love you like things like that 
So I have been, my, my biggest success was that I basically 100% accurately guessed every destination The Bachelorette went to just based on places I wanted to go. <laughs> so, like spot on exactly. Like when I said Australia, I'm pretty sure people laughed at me. Guess what? They went to Australia. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then, um, but this season, I just happened to pick the girl who won. And so my top three, well, my top five was accurate. My top three, I only had one girl that I had going all the way. So it was a very close race, but I won by two points. I got 103. That is wild. Yeah. Who'd you pick? Um, it's actually like, it's through, it's Kate's work. Um, they do this big bachelor, bachelorette fantasy league. So there's like a lot of people in it. (laughs) And I've now won two years in a row. Oh my God. (laughs) Do you think you have more like notoriety, like, like around like the workplace? Like people are like, yeah, that person's like kind of like a soothsayer for, for the bachelor, bachelorette. I feel like people think I'm like a massive fan, but the genuine reality is I watch maybe 50% of the episodes because Kate watches them and I do other things, but then enjoy it when I want to, but then I disassociate myself when things make me uncomfortable and drama happens. (laughs) So I like can't handle that part of the bachelor and bachelorette, but my favorite actually is bachelor in paradise. We don't do a fantasy league for that. But, oh, my God, I genuinely watch that show. It is hysterical. It is magical. It's really good. I feel like you have to approach shows like that in, like, maybe a different a different way to enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel my like... My calls it, like, garbage TV. Yeah. Like, she needs to escape reality and watch garbage TV. So, it's like, I, I do that and I watch True TV all the time. You know, that's why I'm such an Impractical Jokers rat. Because I love watching you know, stupid TV. That's literally one of my guilty pleasures. So maybe I should, maybe I should dip into that at some point. I highly recommend Bachelor in Paradise. If you start out there, it it literally doesn't matter who they are or what season they're from because they just cause mayhem amongst each other. And it's, but it's like low key scripted, it seems. But I support that because if it was totally unscripted, I would just hate these people. Yeah. That's so interesting. I'd say like the only reality show television i actually enjoy is survivor um my mom is like a huge fan you know loves the show um, and i definitely get into it too but i've been watching that with her as long as i can remember would you give a hard commit to dipping your toes in no no not a hard commit i don't know it just there's <laughs> something about that sh- those shows man so you give a, a soft commit to the bachelor. Yeah, I'll give a soft commit. I think that's safe. I'll take a soft commit. I think it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and then probably as much as we can share, whenever we get the next like big poll out for the bachelor, the next bracket, we need like weekly updates on how you're performing. Yes. Like just status, like where totally. you rank, decisions oh, made, how you made those decisions. They literally do like weekly episode recaps on the page this like mm. couple that runs it and it's so much fun and then they'll do score updates <laughs> and they do trivia questions from the episode so if you watch you actually can answer the questions it's very fun they're very good at it we but should... um <laughs> this year i won 
Chris Harrison, who um, was the host, maybe is, who knows, it's very suspect right now, um, wrote a novel, a romance novel. And so that was, that's my prize. And there's a note from Chris Harrison in it. It was them. But it's like, congratulations, Brenna, two years in a row. <laughs> like, <love> Chris <laughs> so that's my prize. Last year, I got a certificate. This year, I got a book. That's so, so I was about to say, I think that as Breath of Fresh Life, we should put like an absurd amount of money on that prize. So next year it's like a Rolls Royce or something like that. Like we got to up the stakes. But the reason totally. we're going to do that is because we'll make that back in revenue because we're going to have millions of watchers following <laughs> immensely. So it's going to be the best marketing money we ever spent. There you go. Well, Always well, thinking. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be huge. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm a winner. And it also in that tweet, I my school did a rubber duck raffle for teachers, and I picked a unicorn rubber duck, and they drew my number, and I won $25 gift card to Sherburn Wine and Spirits. Boom. There you go. Where where do you have do you have your plaque? Can we see your plaque that you got? Oh, actually, yeah. Give me one second. I'll oh my gosh, it. yes. It's in um. It's currently um, displayed in Kate's office space, <laughs> so let me go get it. Very nice. Um, so, Andrew, Andrew, you will appreciate this. So, I um, the other day on Twitter, um, Jeff Probst, who's the host of Survivor, um, it, it made this video that they're starting production for the next season. And so, um, on, on Instagram, Ben Baptiste shared the link and was like, yo, like, let's go. And I was like, wait, you watch the show? He's like, yeah, totally. And I said, yeah, you know, my mom's a big fan. He was like, yeah, I've been watching it, you know, a lot recently. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, tell your mom that she's going to see me on there. I'm like, all right, Betty Baff, try to get on Survivor. I'd watch that. He wants to be on Survivor. I would watch that. Um, All right, Brenna, let's see it. Nice. Wow. I will prominently display my book once I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Also, update, it was no longer prominently displayed on Kate's desk. It was on the ground next to it because she's sour that I won two years in a row. (laughs) Wow. Wow. It's all right. It's all right. You know, I understand. It's tough. (laughs) Yeah, hey, it's fair. Lonely at the top. It's lonely at the top. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking about your uh, your Golden Apple Award for the the number one teacher of the year, but that's I'll take that as many certificates as you want to show. That was awesome as well. Thank you, thank you. My glass apple. I wish it was a golden apple. That'd be dope. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda, remember that episode of uh, Parks and Rec where they're doing that charity basketball game between Pawnee and um, Eagleton? And Eagleton, as a gift, gives Pawnee a bunch of, like, they're like oranges, but they're like crystal oranges or something. And Leslie gives them apples back, and they're, like, really, really gross. There's, like, worms in them. She's like, like, is that a worm? Like, yeah, they're, like, there's pesticide in there. You should not eat those. (laughs) Oh, that makes me want to watch Parks and Rec all over again. Oh, man. You know, it's so funny. Um, 
I like got my folks into it this summer and we were watching a bunch of episodes and then they went and put it on Peacock and I'm like, come on. <laughs> so we got to like, you know, one, one of the purchases we will make this summer is a smart TV so we can, you know, use uh, apps on the TV because now, um, <laughs> not, not to uh, call out Ben Baptiste again, but uh, he, he lent me his PS3 a few years ago. And so when we're watching TV upstairs, that's how we get Netflix. We use Ben's Whoa. PlayStation, so. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. I probably don't need to, you know, use that anymore. So once we get that TV, I'll probably just, you know, give it back. Is Whalen the closest library to you? Yes. Yes, I would say so. I would say it's closer than the Sudbury Library. You think there's a box set of Parks and Rec DVDs? Oh, wow, that's a good point. Uh, I have no idea. Mm. I could check. I could look into it. Mm. That's smart. Is that a soft dip? Is that a full dip? Where are you at on that one? Oh, yeah, that that's kind of a soft dip if I if I if I remember. If I remember, then that's then that's a full on dive in. But, you know, no guarantees. I'm going to remember that. I like I like the like how you commit or don't commit to things. It's like if I remember it, I'll I'll one hundred percent do it. If I don't remember it, I mean it's going to be a soft dip from there. That's just an awesome timetable, Garrett. Yeah, I mean, got got to be you know totally honest on this. I mean, there's there's no point in just you know lying. It's true. (laughs) Be as honest as I can. (laughs) Well, we'll keep me updated. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Maybe I mean, you know, Twitter, another thing, Twitter account, keep it, keep it updated. Yeah. yeah. See the, the, the commit leaving, counter. Leaving for the library now. Don't text. <laughs> don't text because I might forget. <laughs> That's like the definition of me texting though. The number of times Garrett will like text me something and then has to text me again. And I'm like, thank God you texted me again. I forgot. <laughs> absolute garbage i feel like with some people though if i text more than one thing i feel like i'm overwhelming them oh no that that's like talking to me i just read that as a normal conversation that's why i also text like that yeah bits and pieces yeah hmm Um, do you know what I thought about the other day that I think I'm going to watch again? Is that Midnight Gospel. Mm. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. It just all of a sudden, like, came over me. And I was like, you know Mm. what? I'd watch that again. Just to re-experience it. Yeah. I think I definitely will do that at some point. I'm just, I'm so deep in rotation with uh, certain shows right now that I really can't think about bringing on another show. That one... That one definitely is going to have like a cult following because it was dropped. Like I remember, like at the start of me wrapping my head around COVID is going to be a big thing for a super long time, and yeah. the whole world is in flux. And then this show comes on, mm-hmm. and it's this guy like uh, his whole world is in flux. And I'm like, oh, this is like super one to one to my scenario. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely rewatch. I'm sure I'm in a much different state than when I first watched it, but I'm sure that would make it all of the all the grander. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and it's a podcast too, right? 
Yeah, Duncan Trussell, the comedian. Yes. Okay. I think he clipped a bunch of his like most profound conversations and kind of just like storyboarded around it and came up with some I'd, with some old. I didn't know he was a comedian. Yeah. Wow, I don't think I knew that. <laughs> He's actually very funny. Gotcha. I like him. I like his stand-up. Yeah, maybe I should uh, look at him on YouTube. That, that, that'll that probably be another soft commit, but... <laughs> oh, dear. You cracked me up. Oh, Drew, I had a question for you. Yeah, shoot. It's now becoming spring. It's getting warmer outside. Mm-hmm. Are you reinstating the Zen Garden? Oh! So... <clears throat> Yeah, probably. I mean, the uh, the bonsai tree I still have, and like all the plants and things are still outside. But I'd say like probably I'd probably be reinstating myself into the Zen garden. You know what I mean? Just with the weather. But I've had again like this last year plus just a great ability to consistently meditate, and it's definitely made me feel a lot more healthy mentally. So big advocate. And super happy that you asked. I was, I've been like trying to get into more plants. Um, I normally really kill them and I really try hard not to, but I've been doing a lot of research this time. And so I got two new plants. I'm very excited about them and I'm trying to keep them alive, but I would love to like transform my living room to be much more green. Mm -hmm. And as I was thinking about that, it made me think about you in your little green area. And I was like, I wonder how Drew takes care of his plants. <laughs> By way of m- mother. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that. My mom is always, she's so funny. She's planted one thing that has, like, been amazing and blossomed and grown and is, like, you know, the lavender tree. Like, everything else, her black thumb just kind of, like, kicks in unless it's a bush. And a bush just really roots, and you just kind of let it do its thing. And so she's passed that on to me. And I don't want to say I have a black thumb, but I have murdered so many succulents, which is so hard to do. So I'm, sure I'm really going to try this time. I want to have some form of a garden. I have mm. a house. I think I need to make it look cute. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's such a good, that is such a good challenge. You literally have a new home. Like you get to make it your own, mm. make it your, make it feel like home. And people always post their pictures with their plants, and I'm like, it looks so homey. Like that's mm. what I want. I want to be like in a homey space, and the living mm. room just feels like that spot. Um, are plants like flowers, or like plants like vegetables? <laughs> Flowers. Gotcha. Although a vegetable garden would be cool, mm. but you... I just don't think I could make those. If I can make a flower survive, then I'll take a step towards vegetables. <laughs> yeah, we usually do that every summer that we have a vegetable garden. So last summer we had tomatoes, zucchini. My, yeah, we're a big zucchini. I was um, gonna say zucchini is like yeah. one of the best. Yeah, Damn. and uh, basil, but. There was an animal that got into it over the summer, so that was less than ideal. But I tell you, I don't know. People are always like, "I put basil," and I'm like, "Oh, it tastes great." Like, 
I have no fucking clue what basil tastes like. People are always like, oh, this is my basil plant that I grew, and I, I saved this for you. And I'm like, bad news, bad news. Can't taste a thing. Literally don't know what basil is. I, anyway, sorry. I don't know what basil is. No, it's fair. It's like, uh, it's one of the, have you ever had pesto before? Oh, yeah. It's like one of the main flavors in pesto. Um, if you ever had like uh, mozzarella and tomatoes, basil sometimes goes well with that. I'm not a tomato person, but I will definitely eat them if they're in that in that context. Same, exactly the same. I hate tomatoes, but I will eat them if they are with mozzarella. My dad always messes with me whenever we have salad and they're tomatoes. Like, oh, you want extra tomatoes? Like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Um, my friend actually gave me a basil plant when I moved into my Rochester apartment and, um, very unfortunately lived in the basement. So I had no, uh, actual sunlight coming through my windows. I just had grates above me. So that poor basil plant just lived in that pot for so long and just died so quickly. And I just never emptied it. So the bones of it were still in that freaking mason jar when I moved out and I finally dumped it out. <laughs> oh, massacre. That was a massacre. So how, how long total do you think you were in Rochester? Less than a year. Because hmm. I moved there in August. Or like, no. I moved there in July. And then I left May. So, less than a year. We'll put a hard bookmark on this. We certainly will not move it any further than this. But remember that? Uh, what, I'm really pocketing this. I'm not putting anyone on the spot. But the hair story. Do you remember that, Brenna? Wait. Maybe? Before you started at Rochester? Yeah. Yes! <laughs> we, gotta, we, gotta, we gotta tell that story one day. I think that's a hilarious, like... It's a great Breath of Fresh Life podcast in like 2030. We'll, we'll hop into that. But that's an all-timer. That's one of my favorite key stories. That and the one I can't tell is when we got into the hit-and-run accident. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Uh, we didn't have to go into that one either, but that's another classic Breath of Fresh Life. What? <laughs> the hair uh, story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll be uh we'll be telling that story in 2030 when we're the you know big the number one podcast on apple Podcasts. Yeah, when we're number one they'll be hearing those stories <laughs> but that's a we're on like the premium subscriptions like five dollars an episode and we'll start dropping those stories wow oh, so, yeah. <laughs> oh my god now rochester was a trip but <laughs> was really glad when it ended yeah. Was it super cold in Rochester? Like yeah. really, really, really cold or just like normal, like New England? No, it was really, really cold. Like like Buffalo, New York, snowy winter, cold. Yeah. The snow was nuts. My tires, I don't know how I literally survived like driving to work in the snow. It was nuts. They just, plows can't keep up with it. It's so much. Mm-hmm. It was like in the queues. I mean, I was used to it, so it was mm-hmm. fine. Like when I was in Syracuse, there was a time where it was so snowy that my old car, my <laughs> my 1990 Buick um, could not make it up the hill to where I lived, and I just kept sliding down. 
just very slowly backwards and my car was full with my friends and we had to park in a like school parking lot that was like at the very bottom of the hill and I left a note <laughs> saying like I can't make it up the hill please don't give me a ticket and they gave me a ticket that just said sorry <laughs> they put it in. there was no there was no like actual ticketing they just wrote sorry and put it on there and then I had to shovel my car out with like four of my friends. Jeez. That was the worst. I cried. I won't lie. When I was going down backwards, there were just tears. I was like, I can't stop. <laughs> oh man. Uh, risky business. Right, did, you have, did you have nightmares when you first like were getting your permit and all that? Like, did you have nightmares at night about driving? Yeah. Like stress, yeah. like was that the first stress stream that you can remember having? No, I had a recurring nightmare when I was little that I had that would always scare the shit out of me. Ooh, what was it? It was, I was, um, so I got this book once. It was a Winnie the Pooh book mm-hmm. and it was like personalized to my name and it was Halloween themed and Halloween is my favorite holiday. Mm-hmm. So I just loved the book and it like made me a character in the book. And then after that, I had this weird dream where I was a character in Winnie the Pooh. And then we went in a hot air balloon, and we were all up in there. It was super fun. And then a lava, a volcano exploded, and lava was burning down the 100-acre wood. And then the heat was snapping the strings to our hot air balloon. And then the door flew open, and there goes Tigger. And I went to go get him, and then Pooh grabbed me. And then poo fell, and so we're all just falling together. And then right before I hit the lava, I wake up. What is that? Like a Winnie the Pooh post-apocalyptic? <laughs> Basically. And I had that nightmare for years. That's like crazy. well into high school, I had that nightmare. Is there That's... any analysis you could put on it outside of just like just got jammed in my brain? I must have learned about volcanoes and just been terrified <laughs> like that's the only thing i can think of and like hot air balloons i never want to go in one now ever oh, in a yeah. million years <laughs> like that's it's so weird i have another i actually have two recurring dreams mm-hmm. my other one is um mario themed, like mario and luigi mm-hmm. and there's like levels and then there's keys and this is the dream where i'm most lucid and i talk in my sleep so, like, at sleepovers, my friends, like, know of this dream because I t- I've talked about it so many times. And there's this dude, Charlie, in the dream, and he's recurring, too. And he tries to stop me from getting the keys to get to the next level. And I'll, like, wake my friends up yelling at him. And they're like, who the fuck is Charlie? And I'm like, Charlie, give me back the key! And I'm, like, screaming in my sleep because I-, I talk in my sleep. I sit up in my sleep. It's really creepy. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that is crazy. Any, like, <clears throat> like, analysis of that dream where you think as well, just like lucid, crazy, no no meaning? Or is there, you think, any pathways to meaning there? I don't know. I mean, Super Mario Brothers was like my favorite video game growing up. Mm-hmm. Me and Caitlin Ward used to play it all the time. Like, literally all the time. We would get to the very last level couldn't beat it for months and we just sit in my basement and play it like i just love we loved that game um so that's like my biggest connection to it but like this whole charlie person and the whole key thing i couldn't i could not tell you that if anyone listens and can analyze those dreams Mm. please hit up our twitter and let me know (laughs) 
Because crazy. I'm at a loss. <laughs> wow. Carol, Carol, I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh, totally, yeah. Do you have, have, have that, has that happened to either of you? So, I think, like, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say it's a recurring dream. Like, I have the same dream. But I definitely have had dreams where I've had, like, elements of that dream happen. But, again, I'm not someone that dreams in, like, great detail. Like, I dream in some detail, but it's, like, nothing... It's, like, nothing really, like, super specific. Um, but then, I mean, it, it also, like, it depends, too. Sometimes I'll have dreams that I feel like are really specific, and then other times it's just simple, just kind of, you know, weird dreams that don't really make any sense. What about you, Drew? No, nothing too crazy. I'm trying to understand dreams a little bit more. Do you dream often? No, and 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 I yeah, and I, no, no, and I wish I did, and and I wish I had like a deeper understanding of them, <clears throat> of dreams, but I really don't. I don't know anything about them, but they they're they're very like, they're a real rabbit hole. Like, what do they mean? Seriously, like, where do they come from? Yeah, you know, I think I got into like, why are we thinking these things? Is it like, what, why are we replaying these things? And what yeah. value does it have to us if it's been with us for all of, you know, mankind or humankind? Like, why is mm. that? You know what else is crazy is like every face that you see in your dream, you've seen in real life because your brain can't invent a new face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is crazy. Like I've woken up and been like, who the hell was that person in my dream? And it's like, I know I've seen them because that's what everyone says is a thing i couldn't tell you freaking where but like that stuff is crazy to me too that you like cannot go outside of what you've actually seen or that you're born into a world where like every thought and everything is like already created like i've never thought an original thought in my life or like i've never uttered a word that no one else has uttered it's like you're just born into being you're born into consciousness and then your whole life is figuring out consciousness and like extrapolating meaning through the roles and responsibilities that you have unless you incorporate things that you've combined from all of those things to create something completely new mm-hmm. in which case you teach that to other people and then they learn something completely new ending cycle yeah. absolutely isn't it also true that like in real time, dreams are only like seconds or something. Isn't isn't that like, I feel like that's a thing where it's like, in real time, it's only a couple seconds that you dream. But then in your mind, it's a lot longer, obviously. Or the things happening are, yeah, happen, feel like they're happening over a long period of time or a longer period of time. No joke. I, I truly feel like we could get a dream psychologist or dream expert onto the show and if we like kind of like like positioned our twitter like it was like a pretty big deal like i think someone will come on i think that will come cool. and share some experience yeah calling us. out calling out you dream analysts yeah Big i gone. really would appreciate i would appreciate some help with my dreams. <laughs> yeah seriously 
urgent help wario dilemma <laughs> some email title like that might get there dude gotta save tigger can't can't let him fall help. Help. urgent help. help you know what's funny is i used to have like a a, a tigger pillow like it was a i don't want to say full-size tigger but it was like you know roughly the size of probably what you would figure tigger tigger would be like what what would the dimensions be uh I I don't know. It's it's actually it's been a while. Um, I don't I don't believe we still have it in the house. I'd be shocked. Um, but like I would use that pillow, and then there was like a, a rabbit pillow that I would use, and I used that for a very long time. I I would get like Tigger everything when I was little. Tigger and Winnie, those are my two. And I think actually the rabbit pillow I had for a period long enough that I'm pretty sure I brought it to Res. Because, you know, I'll, I'll tell kind of a funny, or well, it's not really a funny story exactly, but like, it was one of my first years of res. Well, I had to have been because Tim Flynn was there and he like jokingly, for some weird reason, called my rabbit like mittens or something. It was some weird, I don't know. I don't remember fully exactly what the context is, but it was like I was going to bed and he said something like, good night mittens. <laughs> it's like what? Uh, yeah, I have pillows and like I have a blanket that I've used and you know I've had that since I was like three, four years old. Just has that sentimental value. My baby's blanket is just in tatters, so mm. it still exists. I just it's in the attic. It's in tatters. <laughs> Yeah, I actually don't even really use it anymore, but still it's on my bed. Hell yeah. I love, um, Kate and I are, like, very different. She has a monkey that she'll sleep with, Hmm. but I need, like, something that's, like, very large and pliable, movable. I don't know. I sleep with sweatshirts, so there's, like, so I can, like, have the hood, or I can have the sleeve, or I can have, you know, like... I need it to move and I need it to be very long. And so that's like what I have adapted to sleeping with. I don't know if I ever had Mm -hmm. a stuffed animal like that and I just got stuck. But like ever since I was in college, I've slept with a sweatshirt like that and I cannot stop. If I don't have it, I feel weird. Like I don't want to touch my face. That's my thing. Because I touch Mm -hmm. my face a lot. Yeah, I feel like I don't need something, you know, more of the pillows that I have are more out of necessity or comfort it's not really anything oh like i have to sleep with this um, how many times do you think you touch your face in a given day so many times i don't even think i could count like because the number of times that i do this or like mm-hmm. like there's always something where like i'm touching my face and then when i sleep i want to sleep like this mm-hmm. and that's just like my face just breaks out and that's the freaking worst do you think you touch your face more than you touch your phone in a given day? It's a good question. I just touched my face again. <laughs> <laughs> I probably touch my phone more. Yeah, me too. I would definitely say yeah. me too. Yeah. But I do think that I touch my face more than I should. And I think that like Google Meets and Zooms and everything have shown me how often I actually touch my face. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also have shown me 
how often I move my hands, which I also cannot stop doing. <laughs> so that's a Dan Keefe thing. Can't can't take that back. He's been doing taught me that my whole life. <laughs> I saw Dan Keefe this morning. You did? Yeah. Where? I was dropping off some res paperwork at the rack, and Dan Keefe walked in. I don't think he recognized me, but he saw me, and he's like, yeah, I've seen that person before. I'm like, hey, Dan, what's up? He's like, mm, this person knows my name, and I don't know their name. He's like, ready? Hey, how's it going? It's good to see you. It's good to see you too, Dan. <laughs> Which is awesome. Because I've, I've been there at the rack where it's like you kind of know someone's name, and it's like I can say their name, and I can miss here, and there's no coming back from that. Or – you use a generic thing and hedge all the risk. And he, he played that war game. I saw, I literally saw his brain play the war game. He goes, I'll be conservative today. <laughs> don't blame him. Don't hate, I don't hate the move at all. Oh, I would have loved <laughs> it. I bet, if, I bet if I asked, he'd be like, yeah, I saw Andrew the other day. Like he would be like, <laughs> like halfway through the conversation, he'd be like, oh, I know that kid. <laughs> I, I told that kid not to drink in my backyard once. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I always just like rapidly change how I look from like having like a full beard, full head of hair, like shave my. So like I told, and I'm wearing a mask. I'm like, I don't know if these people know who I am. That's okay. True. Very true. Well, you yeah. have changed, you know, your hair and like facial hair a lot in the last couple of years. Definitely, definitely. You know, yeah. I don't think it's enough that you have like a signature look. Like I think you just have a bunch of different looks. Yeah, the fall, the fall season, Garrett. The the spring season, mad looks. Oh man! Do you have a preference, dude? Do you like a beard? Or do you like a clean shaven? What's your preference? Ever since COVID, I've been pretty like clean shaven. I think, and I think that might be a response to COVID. So I'm not sure. I think I'm so in the times that it's hard for me to even say. I think unconsciously that's why I'm clean shaven. Subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Subconsciously, that's why I'm clean shaven. Hopefully, not unconscious. <laughs> Just unconscious shaving my face. I, I need to be pure. Like a huge unconscious shaving, but like razors near me. <laughs> You're like uh, Frank Reynolds. I just need to be pure. Because he <laughs> shaves off all his hair. And then Charlie's like eating peanuts and it's all getting in his beard and Frank's standing by him with a straight razor like he's going to cut the beard. It's like humans are filthy, Charlie. Yo, I had, I had, I'm going to pull up some topics because we had mad topics I wanted to ask you about. Yeah, you Um, you were like me with the exhaustive topics. Holy cow. Pick list together. I don't think I wrote anything down for this episode. I did not. <laughs> Do I ever? <laughs> Do I ever? We don't have nearly enough time to get through with like even half of them. But I remember and I'm pulling it up as we speak. But the biggest one I'm remembering, Garrett, um, is we were talking about Brenna as she had like the season and just like continuing that conversation. Yeah, we had a bunch of coaching. About coaching. Oh yeah. From, from from when we last uh, um, last you know touched base. Damn. Okay, beautiful. <clears throat> All right. This is this is this is probably not good for podcast radio, but I'm 
pausing and, and sending it into the, the group chat, which I don't know why I didn't do it earlier. But boom. I love it. Um, yeah, so Brandon, some of the big things are like balancing teaching, coaching, and life. That's one section. Tryouts, playing time, difficult conversations that you might have had as a coach, general coaching philosophy. What do you not expect from the role? Like what do you just not expect? Um, knowing what you know now, what are some things you would have done differently? Biggest takeaways from your initial coaching experience, and then a general Dan Keefe influence on your coaching. So that was a huge survey of, of questions. Any of them that kind of move the spirit that you'd like to take and extrapolate on a little bit? I actually love the Dan Keefe influence on coaching because he pretty much helped me through the entire season. Mm. <laughs> he... Um, when I was first planning practices, I had genuinely no idea what to do. Um, Dan Hinnenkamp, the varsity coach, I, him and I share prep block <laughs> in school, and we hang out in the same spot. So he helped me a ton. He gave me ideas. Um, John Larkin gave me websites to go to to find different like plays and stuff like that. Um, but I remember I would type up – I literally typed up every single practice um, – drill by drill, and then I broke down and explained the drill because I have a memory of a goldfish, so if I don't have things, like, really broken down, it'll never happen, and then I'll forget the drill completely, so then I could use it in a different week if I forgot, like, stuff like that, um, which was a little little bonus points that I got from Hidden Camp because he was like, wow, it's very impressive. I was like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it really was helpful to me, but I would type them up at my parents' house because of the difference between when school ended and practice began. Mm. So I would type them up there, and then I, my dad would come home, and I'd show him what I was doing, and he'd be like, oh, we used to do a drill like this when I was at Holliston, and, like, would give me all these different things, or I would say, like, I'm having this issue. What do I do? And he'd say, oh, you, you know, you start with this. Like, mm. you go from there. And uh, I had to have a couple difficult conversations with different girls, and, you know, I was able to say, like, to have this conversation today and I'm freaking out and he's like listen I've had this conversation before I can help you like he was a coach for he coached me from third to eighth grade and then from then on he coached at Holliston for another like 15 years I think like he's been a basketball coach for as long as I can remember he was a football coach he was my soccer coach he was my softball coach like coached everything so I just feel like I really took who he was as a coach and tried to be that now. Like, I remember he was my roughest critic, but at the same time, like, I love feedback and criticism now. Like, that's how I thrive. That's how I grow. And he taught me that. So I feel like that's been, like, I'm my, my approach is very much like, I'm really proud of you. You are better today than you were yesterday. Um but here's what we need to work on or like, here's what's going really well. And I think it's really difficult at the level that I was at because for freshmen, I had a really big mixed bag. Mm. Um, I had girls that have been playing their whole lives. Like I was when I was on the freshman basketball team. And then I had a handful of girls who had never played before. So it was like the first couple weeks of practices, which was already shortened was just, how do we shoot? <laughs> what's proper form? Let's work on ball handling. Like, let's do, let's learn these basic drills so we can learn the more fun, difficult ones. Um, but, you know, there's obviously going to be conversations like we're, you know, 
at a higher level, why aren't we having more playing time? And it's, you know, we're at the developmental level. This is not the time to shine and play the entire game just because you can. Like, that's not what this is about. This is about learning and having fun and, and working hard to be successful at the next level that you get to. And I had, you know, that conversation was really hard to have. But I think if I didn't have my dad to help me with it, I would have been a thousand times more in the dust. And also my therapist. Big shout out to my therapist. (laughs) My most difficult practice was one where I had to have an entire team conversation. There was drama within and it was affecting people taking sides. And at the end of the day, this is basketball. You know, sometimes people are going to pass the ball rough and they just passed it a little too hard. Um, Sometimes, you know, someone's going to be better than someone else and that's just how it goes. And I kind of wanted to remind them of why you joined this team in the first place. And I felt like it was super powerful. I think I said this before, like I did the web, I did the questions. Like I would not have had those ideas without my therapist or without my dad. Like without a doubt, there would be... They, the girls would not be as much of a team. And they, they gave me, like, gift cards and a card the other day to say thank you for, like, nice. being the season, which was really cute. Nice. Oh, I mean, like, I love my girls. They were all, every one of them, love them. Huh. <laughs> Did I cover all the topics? What did you not expect? Was there anything that you were, like, I wasn't expecting this. The pressure. Mm. Like, from who? From the girls, from their parents, mm-hmm. from other coaches. Like, I didn't expect at my level to experience coaches who were just jerks. Like, there was a team who would do their starting, like, five the entire game and was shooting threes, and they were up by 45 points. Like, mm-hmm. it's just... Things like that you just don't expect at the freshman level, and I think I was not prepared for that. Like, I wanted to rip this person to shreds, Mm. but I didn't, but I wanted to (laughs) really bad. Um, But then, like, getting validation helps a lot with that pressure, like validation from the JV coach, the varsity coach. Like, you're doing great. Like, you're one Mm -hmm. step closer. You know, there's only so much you can do. But I think the pressure from the parents – I'm grateful that it was only like via email this year. They weren't able to go to the games. They weren't there, you know, yelling at me. Why isn't my kid getting this playing time? Like I didn't have to experience that, but I think it's like lingering, you know, in the back of my head, knowing that that is coming because I do want it. I am coming back and they did ask me back. So that is like, I think just a remaining pressure knowing like I want equal playing time, but like not all. And I finally figured it out at the end of the season. Like, my last two games, I crushed it with subs. Like, <laughs> I had no idea that would, that's another thing. Had no idea that would be so difficult. Mm. Never in my life did I think making a substitution would be hard. But it has to be really carefully timed out. You need to know, like, who hasn't played, who has played. Like, if your quarter goes by and you just didn't put someone in, like, I felt like, garbage but you have to be strategic right like I only have a certain number of girls who are really experienced you know like all that stuff that I was I really enjoyed but did not realize how hard that was did you have any assistance to help you with PT managing that 
Um, I had um, John Larkin, the JV coach, would do our book for home games. And so I would stand near him sometimes and he would be like, you should put so-and-so in or like now's the time to switch it up. Like, so he was super helpful. And like my absolute favorite was that I, I've been a ref for basketball for a very long time. So I ref while I coach sometimes and I don't mean to. So I'm like trying to be apologetic, but when there's a really bad call, it's really hard to hold it back. Um, and John would erupt before I would. So it always made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> like, someone had my back and I was like validated that that was the wrong freaking call but like I'm a first year coach I'm not going to be screaming at the refs in my first year and burn every single bridge <laughs> so having him there was also it was just like in general a lifesaver he sent me YouTube channels and was like check out these coaches mm -hmm. like they do great drills for all ages all levels like you can focus on different things we did combined practices which was awesome um, especially when my drama was going on, I needed someone to run my practice because I was dealing with like, you know, 11 other things. So I think in general, like without him, I would have been a sitting duck. <laughs> so you mentioned that you had like repped games. What, what, what was like the worst call you got this season? That was just like, made you just like lose it. There was two. Okay. <laughs> one was there was a girl, and, like, the whole game, no one says anything. The, with COVID rules, you could only have two girls down under the basket, and then everyone else had to wait above the foul line. Mm -hmm. So I had a girl who was not below the foul line, who was above the foul line, and he had called it um, as if she was over. And I was like, sir, I am standing on the foul line, and there she is. Like, what are you talking about? And this dude had been making bad calls for the whole game, and we were down by, like, five, so this was crucial. They could not get these points. She did not deserve that point. It did not go in. So then the next one, she gets the ball again, and he says, my girl steps over the line, who's lined up. And I'm like, sir, she didn't move. She didn't move. Now you're just against us and you want her to score. Like, this is where I'm at. I'm screaming. And then finally she makes the last shot. And as he's running by, I go, are you happy now? And I'm like, should have held my tongue. But this guy was so old and so slow. And it was like he had a bowling ball for a gut. And he was just like going down the court and I was like you he made every bad call like they'd knock it out and he'd give the ball back to them like it was over and over again that was the game actually where John stood up with the desk that he used to do the book and picked the desk up and put it back down and yelled are you kidding me and I was like thank god because I was about to lose my mind <laughs> and like I will say I've I got that from my dad. I remember when he was a coach and I was in like middle school and I was like their little team mascot and I'd sit next to him on the bench and I'd draw the girls pictures on the whiteboard while they were playing. And there was a game where he got a technical <laughs> and he got kicked out of the gym. <laughs> and so they made me the coach for the rest of the game. <laughs> and then the varsity coach came in like two minutes later. That's great. It was like, Brenda, what happened? And I'm like, my dad got a technical. 
and ever since then I've been like low key striving to get one, but I couldn't get one in my first year. I couldn't. <laughs> That's too much. That's great. So that's that's a great example of in sports. Hmm. I played a lot of sports growing up. You're kind of taught to play right on the edge and break the rule, but never hurt the team. Never ever hurt the team. Don't commit fouls. Don't cheat. But if I can grab someone's jersey, then I'm not going to get called for it. And I'm playing on the line. That's how the game's being called. You have to play to it. Hmm. What a valuable lesson I've learned in life in so many other spots. And like you said, like you got to work the ref as a coach. You have to. The ref are not perfect. They're not. Um, they're not like just gonna call it even the whole way. And you can work them how to influence the ref by playing on that line but not going over it. Mm-hmm. And I always, my favorite was like, "Sorry, I used to be a ref. It's really hard for me not to call it." <laughs> <laughs> you made the wrong call. <laughs> Yeah, I was never. Oh no, I coached a fourth grade basketball team with with at the rec one time with John Marshall. It's a good, mm-hmm. I never like never like strategy was in play or like I need to play my best players or like I'm tasked with winning this yeah. game. Like never those expectations. Never parents like getting the emails the morning after the game. Like never had to deal with that. So I have no mm-hmm. idea what that world is like. Although that does exist at the rec level. Mm. I like parents keeping score at a third grade basketball game and yelling you won at the end to their child and me going up to them as like a college kid and being like that is so incredibly inappropriate you can never do that again telling my dad about it and my dad going to the next game and watching the guy (laughs) (laughs) because my dad ran rec league so it's like don't don't be dumb in front of the wrong ref like (laughs) I learn your lessons, but that it's crazy that it happens that young. Actually, though, it's crazy. Oh yeah, totally. That's why you have to fill out the the sheet with all the kids that you sub in and when you sub them in. That's why you have to do that because mm. coaches were like fudging it so that their best players could just keep playing, playing for the championship of the world. Yeah, and I think that's like even the way you're saying it, like that's very clearly a, a parent problem. Yeah, that they're projecting onto their children the yeah. need to dominate and win a completely trivial game. Yep, where yeah. no one knows how to play. <laughs> like no one will remember the outcome like twenty four hours later. Mm-hmm. No, no one knows in a week. They're like, oh, a new team. Man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the lesson is just do not be a coach any level higher than like freshman basketball. <laughs> That's the big takeaway that we're trying to say. I'm good with that. Yeah. 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 Ask Dan Hedekamp a few stories about me. See what, see what he'll say there. At least some stories. Hey, <laughs> hey, great. It would be great to have him on the podcast. Now, Dan Hedekamp's a great example not to go on talking about people that I might shouldn't be, but. He was the perfect example of me growing up. When I said, remember, I said teachers just always said, like, I thought of them as the decision and consequences follow through. He would always work with me, like, this is your actions that you can take. Here are the consequences that I will put forth for each of these three actions. Best of luck with your decision. And he was so fair and he was so consistent with his follow through that, like, 
I loved working with him. I, we still have such a great relationship to this day, and he wrote me up multiple times, and I got in trouble multiple times, aware of the consequences. It was never a surprise. Um, deep love for that man. Big time. Similar, but I he knew that I was not good at bio, and so he really helped me out and like would pair me with people who were very good at what they needed to do. Well, because I think we both knew at the end of the day that I was going to skate by with a C. <laughs> and that's where we were going to land if he, hel- if he helped me. Yo, what's your friend's name that was the vol- – not the volunteer, but like teaching aid in that class? Sabrina. Sabrina. Shout out to Sabrina. That she also helped us like pass a few projects. Because me, Monty, and Derek, that's a crew that was in that bio class. That's a true story. She used to update me. She used to update me and be like, oh, my God, so your friend Andrew. And I'm like, it's hysterical. You're his teacher. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the all tr- like all that is true. That's all true stories. Oh. That, that is awesome. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So <laughs> so Dan Hanekamp taught uh, high school biology at the ones level, and that's like college prep. So not honors. We're not like – no one in there is going to reinvent the wheel. Right. And like the idea is like basic principles of bio. You got to be able to like run a few labs, report the testing on it, yada, yada, yada. But me, me, Derek and Monty, like, and we were just forming. So like when I started that class, I hated Monty. I wouldn't speak to him. I wouldn't look at him. So we weren't like, we were not boys at the start of the year. Hmm. And at the end, like me, Derek and Monty are like, like best friends for life. <clears throat> so a lot of that, a lot of that, that class was when we would like test the limits of, what we could, the three of us could do. And of course, Hinnenkamp was the direct like person that had to deal with that. Um, and yeah, it was just so much fun. And I think Sabrina came in second semester. And while we were as crazy as we, we I have a few videos actually we get on the podcast of the videos that we would do for that class about the grasslands. Um, we'll get that video sent up, but just crazy, just crazy stuff. But yeah, she was, but you can tell that she was also like, incredibly like high iq like we clearly do this work for us but also like enough of eq like we need to kind of like give these guys like the structure they need so they can like pass the class which was huge she is genuinely one of the smartest people i know the Mm -hmm. only reason that i made it through that i made it to pre-calculus that's Mm -hmm. my senior year i did not get beyond that was because of Sabrina Riley on the phone with me at night helping me with my homework. Mm-hmm. Literally, would I would call her and say, I don't know how to do this. Can you please help me? And she'd say, okay, read the problem. Tell me what you need to do. And then she'd do it with me. And it was magical. So the minute she told me she was going to be a teacher, I was like, yep. That mm-hmm. makes complete wow. sense to me. You freaking mm-hmm. genius. She got paid to go to college. Goddamn. What, where, what is she doing now? She teaches high school bio and chemistry at um, Marlboro High School. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow. I interviewed for a job there. I didn't end up going with it, but um, mm. she, she, we like have teachers that have gone back and forth from our schools, so she'll be like, oh, do you know this person? Do you know this person? It's cool. Wow. We share our question of the day questions. Did she like open the door? Like, Was she like, like did she refer you to Marlboro schools? Like, hey, like is the person you got to get eyes on that's how it started she literally was like there's an open position and it has your name on it and i was like mm. hi <laughs> that's good that's good friends right there yeah friends out for friends yep wow that's so dope hmm. 
She's a good egg. What other topics we got? Oh yeah. Oh. Can I can, can I just say like God bless that teacher for putting up with a uh, you you Montieteric. Oh, I'd be like, hey, like, listen, prom's coming up. Like, are are we sneaking in fireball nips? Because I think they're they're patting out the students. But like, what's where where are you feeling on this? If we bought it for you, no pressure. He'd be like, all right, guys, like, everyone open the chapter, like, chapter one, or we get the test. And I'd be like, all right, this is my favorite when I was in school. I'm like, just give us a softball. What's number one? Just give us number one on the house. And like, some teachers would be like, you know what? It's C. <laughs> but yeah, hit a camp. Like, oh my god. He was like mad, like that's what people don't understand, like about their teachers when you're younger. But like, he was a mad funny dude then, he's mad funny now. And so when I said something that was genuinely funny, it was fine. But I never knew the right time or place, and so he'd be like, "This isn't the time or place." And I'd be like, "Okay, I'm gonna try to not let this rip here." But so yeah, shout out Dan Hennigan. I, I feel I feel like if I went to high school with you, I would have found you really annoying. Yeah, I struggled mightily, mightily. Um, Potential topic, certainly not exhaustive. Okay. Through everything. Very res heavy. Very res heavy. Yeah. Yikes. I think I kind of promised some people we'd be doing camp heavy. Mm. It kind of mm. happened. Yikes. Okay. Sorry, guys. We can, we can plug a time in the episode. Like, you know, hit, hit here to start the camp heavy talk. Yeah. You feel me? Like, right, right now, you want to say hit it? Yo, hello and welcome to the res heavy topic of tonight's episode thank you for joining us whoever you may be come as you are welcome and we will begin my name is andrew join okay me. yeah no we don't need to do that <laughs> no they like they're like Yo, what the hell am i getting myself into uh, but like big things that i was thinking about is res mohawks the feel of each cabin so cabin one two three and four but like how they actually feel kickball as an event, testimonials as an event, the slideshow as an event, camper to volunteer matchups, how we think about them, how each one of us think about them, streamlining processes throughout history. So buses like we used to do, we'd all take a bus together, but now it's drop off. Um, and then how I think about group planning and general events in general, I'd like to hear your input as well. So uh, a huge modge podge of, um, ideas, but like any of those s- strike the spirit. Modge Podge wasn't that like a line we used in like some rap we made about like camp? Did didn't we do that one, Res? Were we like inside joke one year that I wasn't in on, but everyone else was in on it? Well, it was like a talent show. I things. thought we did where we did it as a cabin and and like it was a rap that we that we made. Or it was, no, not really a rap. It was like more like a slam poem, <laughs> and like you, you made me read some crazy line about like Mod Podge, and then something about burning down the lodge. Yikes! <laughs> I think that was the summer of the fire. I was like, I don't know if I should say this. Wait, I remember that. Okay, I forgot. I have no recollection of what summer it was. But I definitely remember writing the rap in the cabin, mm-hmm. and we were just like, "How are we gonna do this?" So yeah, we ended up reading it like a like a slant poem. <laughs> Love that. That's awesome. <laughs> You're like, I don't recall, but that's sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, that, that's a, that definitely sounds like what we would judge as like, uh, uh, yeah. uh, what's it called? It's a talent show, right? Yeah. Like, Modge Podge burned out the lodge in front of everyone at the most touchy <laughs> subject. That'll probably work. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I went back and like listened to the Arrowhead Appreciation episode mm. um, just to just, just to get a feel and just listen just because I, I miss camp all the time. Likewise. Um, I feel like there were like five or six different things that I was like, oh, I definitely want to talk about this. And naturally, I forget all of them. Um, I didn't know you could send messages in the Google Meet. Yeah. I love that. That's that pretty I, cool. I think that the, the one that I was most curious on would be like, Keith, you could just talk about like the DNA or the feel of the all-girls cabin, what that's like, what the history of that has been, other cabins you may have been in, and how that has, like, been, or what that's like, and, like, just, like, how you think about the cabins in general. I actually can directly connect the all-boys cabin to the all-girls cabin, because I've been in both. (laughs) Oh, yes, you have. How did I not remember that? You totally did. First year, I was the all boys cabin, <laughs> and then my first year as a staff member, I was in the all boys cabin. <laughs> Again? I don't because know. there was there were female um, people, there were females who were paired with the males in the all boys cabin, so they needed a female staff member to be in there as well. <sighs> so that was my. I've been in both, and then after that, I was always in the all-girls cabin. So I literally went from being, oh, wait, let me see. I was all boys, then I was all girls as another volunteer, then I was in cabin one, then I was in cabin two as a staff member, and then I was always in cabin three after that. I've never been in cabin four. It's the only cabin I've never been in. Actually, that's a lie. I have been in cabin four. One time, I lied to you. I've been in every single cabin. Okay. Huh. Whoa. I forgot because it was when Tim Flynn was there, so that was like forever ago. But mm. I was once. Me and Adam Glick and Tim Flynn were in a cabin together. Um, but <laughs> it was it was a party. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's literally just big on big on big, just heavy hitter, heavy hitter, heavy hitter. I'm just tight. Well, those are all-time names right there. Oh, who's who was in the cabin? It was me, Tim Flynn, and Adam Glenn. Jesus. And then my first year as a volunteer when I was in the all-boys cabin, it was Tim Flynn, um, Clayton Rathel, and then Ben Kroll. Just gross. And then there was a, gross amounts of talent. There was a bat in the cabin. There was a bat. And then instead of, like, all of us fleeing... Um, ben Kroll climbed up into the rafters like a monkey and then caught it. <laughs> oh. We were in the room. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, that's it right there. That's it. That's it. If you came for the rest episode, you just got your money's worth right there. But if you were in the girls' cabin, we would have been like, go, 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 go. <laughs> So that's been a direct oh, comparison wow. of the two. <laughs> yeah, we can just close the topic there. 
Yeah, that's, no. that's all we need. It was honestly both cabins were so much fun because everyone is just such their selves. Yeah. Like everyone is their true selves because they're comfortable. They're with the people they know. They're with people like them. They feel ha- like it's just that comfortable, safe space. So, I, I mean, when I was in the all-guys cabin, it was obviously much more like manly man things. But, like, having Patty Thomas when I was a volunteer, being the only female in the all-male cabin was a freaking party in itself. Like, I could not have been more lucky she was such an incredible human being. Um, but then being a staff member in there it was rough because I couldn't really do anything to help. Like, I couldn't be a helpful person. Mm. Um, but I had, like, Carson in there with me. I had Kezia, who's Ethan Maple's cousin, who's, like, the most fun person in the world. She was with Jimbo. So it was, like, there was, like, all these different people that I just loved. Joelle Riley was in that cabin. It was just so fun. Yep. Yeah, I've had I've had Joelle when I was in cabin four. She had Susan. Nice. Absolute party. Absolute party. Yep. It was and then like being in cabin three, I mean, I could not have been more lucky with the staff that I was in in cabin three, with mm-hmm. the campers that I had. I mean, KRC. Of course. My queen. My absolute queen. Like, come on. There's just there's so many huge people are not huge but like you know what i mean like so many just full people in my life that oh my are i mean ending res on staff with meredith and caroline come on like we were the beyonce cabin we, we embodied womanhood and we rocked it we, i mean the shirts that we made them we had so much fun and like just the, from lip gloss to the talent show say yes that. yes that's actually the first time I've never been nervous doing an Arrowhead talent show. I'm always like all out, like balls to the wall. I'll do anything. Yeah. That part when I was the solo principal at that like solo part in the song, I've never been more nervous for something in my entire life <laughs> because I had rehearsed it so many times that when it came, I low key panicked. So at the very start, I was like very bland, and then finally I was like, like just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, that was an all. I remember that vividly. Mm. That was one of my best years, and I honestly, I always wanted to be in other cabins for like whatever reason. Mm. I would never take back being in cabin three, mm. being yeah. in a cabin in a million years. Yeah, cabin three is like the worst kept secret. Like that, that's a that's such an incredible um, uh, core of people, and like it's just it's not talked about, but it's it's certainly just an unbelievable crew of people oh you and there's so many ogs like so many exactly who've been there for so long and it's just like so much spirit and fun and celebrations always yeah and you yeah and there's there's and you always like are gonna have like the staff that are just res rats through and through that we say that a lot on our side like like myself and like sears like Right, you put us in day camp, it's like we're, like, just lost, but then you put us up in res and everything clicks. And the same thing on the females. Like, the, some people are just, like, so strong at res, and, like, they get thrown up in cabin three, and they crush. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, every time, there's always going to be three people in the pipeline that you bring them up in New Hampshire and stick them up in cabin three, and they're going to crush. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I think that's the coolest thing to both the boys and girls. Oh, oh God, yeah. 
Yo, could you talk about when you were like the process of um, old, how they would take like really strong volunteers and pull them up onto staff for res? Because they don't do that anymore. And like, what was that like getting that call? Like, were you expecting it? And like, how was that first summer, like your first experience ever on staff was up at res? Like, what was that like? It was crazy. To see the other side of it was like, the most mind-boggling thing, but I was brought up with Mike Burke. Yep. Like, could not have been brought up with a better human being. Right. Um, we connected so well, like, and I never thought that it would be me that they would bring up, but, I mean, Allie Janet, my girl, was always just kind of like, keep your ear to the ground, keep your ear to the ground, like you're, yeah. you know, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, and I never believed her mm-hmm. um, because <laughs> I applied to staff when she did, um, and this is actually, I don't know if this is a good, well-kept secret or not, but <laughs> Allie got the call that she got staff. Um, and I was assumed, I literally just did it to put my name in the basket, did not think I was going to get it. So Allie got the call that she got it. So we went out to celebrate at dinner and she was like, did you get your call yet? And I'm like, no, it's fine. Let's just go to dinner. Who cares? So we're at, we're at California Pizza Kitchen. We're sitting there. We get our usuals. We're having a good time. All of a sudden, ring, ring, I get the call, and I find out that I didn't get staff. <laughs> and I'm like, it's Tim Flynn, so I'm like, I'll mess with him. And I'm like, oh, Dan, like, that really sucks. And he's like, yeah, like, do you, do you think you'll still come out for the summer? And I was like, no. And he, I could just hear him like, and I was like, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, I was just so happy for Allie, like, in the moment that I was just, like, knew I wasn't going to get it. That I was just like, <laughs> I'll mess around with you, my potential boss. Like, what's wrong with me? Wow. <laughs> but then, so that summer, I mean, I volunteered. I was always a six-week volunteer. That was my thing. Wow. So I got all six weeks. And then when I got the call, I didn't think it was me who was going to get brought up. Um, just be, I mean, there were so many other powerhouses mm-hmm. that I was there with, and there was siblings of people who were on staff that I was there with that I was convinced would get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I ended up getting it, I was like on cloud nine. Um, and then it was actually really fun. We got to plan the staff gifts. Um, and I was taking control of the staff gifts from the volunteers. Like, I mean, I've been there forever. I knew all the staff so close. So I, um, I got them, um, long sleeve shirts for res and I had to get their sizes. So I asked Melissa what everyone's size was. And then I had to awkwardly be like, should I get Mike and I a shirt since we're going to be on staff? And she was like, yes, duh. So Mike and I actually got the staff gifts. <laughs> we were on there for res. Because they were going to wear them at res, and it was going to be weird if we didn't have them. Mm. So, I mean, but it was so exciting, and I think it was, it is fun to get a volunteer's perspective on, you know, the ideas. It's intimidating as heck, I will say that. I was so intimidated. Your first year getting your ideas pushed through is like fucking pulling teeth. It's like pulling teeth. It's brutal. Oh, here are my lifelong idols, and I'm telling them what I think would be funny, and they have to find a creative way to say, that's actually not going to work at all. <laughs> and they're so nice. They're the nicest people. Of course, they're on Air Hood staff. They're not going to be mean. They're on Air Hood staff, so they have to find a, a polite way to say your idea is garbage. 
like the day where the day where we pick everyday theme and then you toss a theme out and everyone's like ruthless that's a ruthless day that is a ruthless day oh man man to be a fly on the wall yeah garrett and like if and if you have pole there if you have pole you could get anything oh yeah because 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 you deserve that pull. You've right. seen it work. You know what works and you know what doesn't work. But this is what I really care. And Brenna, so I, so there's a lot of stuff going on here. I know we have a lot to cover and a little bit of time. And I'll be very mindful of that. So we get hard. We have a hard cut in five minutes. But um, but um, I try to use a lot of my capital at the end, Brenna. And still, as I'm planning, not for the actual event itself, but events within the event. And I realized that's where the juice is Mm -hmm. because Disney day or whatever the title is, is such a blanket term that I've no longer put any stock into that. I let young people on the staff who think they have an idea that they can pull all the way through. I let them run that. And if they have three groups, whichever one people feel the best on, I'll get as far away from that one take the quote-unquote worst one that has no meat on it, and then just flip it and make it my own. That's given me three, the last oh. three to four years, just free reign to create whatever. Yep. And as long as that group never tanks, which it never will, no. I'm in the green. Yeah, that that <laughs> is all you, green. man. And I can put a supercharge in that group, and the group that everyone else already loves is going to hit. So now we have two groups that hit. And now oh. we're in the green. There you go. I feel like as long as you embrace the weird, mm. you will never go wrong. Yeah. You, yes. you will never, like, the weirder you can get, like, running groups with people who got it, like, who mm. really got the weird, mm-hmm. was a gift. Because, like, I, I don't always have it. Like, I'll bring the funny, I'll bring the awkward silence to an end. Oh, you better believe <laughs> I will. But, like, I will not always bring the weird on command, and I need that push, and, like, <laughs> I need that Ethan Maple push. I need that Andrew push to be like, come on. <laughs> get weirder. Get weirder. Let let's get weird. We could we could have we could have literally done a whole episode just on that board right there, Brenda, how to get ideas pushed through and not yeah. pushed through and like what I would have learned to have hmm. a mentor when I was in my first year say, Hey, this is how you get your ideas in practice. This is what you need to do. I would have given him, I would probably give him literally my, I was a volunteer the year before. I probably would have given him my first year salary to understand that. And yeah. honestly, when you came in too, and I tried to take you under my wing, I don't even think I understood that. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, like, I had you a little, I yeah. a little Benny Bap and I was like, come on boys. <laughs> and everyone was like, why is she taking that? <laughs> and I was like, we're going to raise hell, but in a fun way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brenna, what year was that that um, you were a volunteer all summer and then were staff on res? Do you remember? It was my senior year of high school, actually. So I was actually on staff when I was a senior in high school. So 2012, that was, I believe, my second res, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Stacked, stacked uh, staff. My yeah, because, goodness. Garrett, I was in your cabin. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, with... Uh, Andrew and Colton, the the birthplace of the back room. Yep. <laughs> back room, baby. You know the jealousy that I had because I could not go into the back room? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry about that. 
I understand. Grievances. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's another thing. Like, dude, Garrett, like, we don't even see the middle of the day at all. Like, when everyone goes and, like, swims in, like, a foot of water, maybe you're just, like, shooting the breeze in some, like, just, like, oh, yeah. Like, just in some cabin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Really yeah, having life conversations like the deepest yeah. life conversations. Yeah, that, that's when that's when we do the yeah that that's when we do the real work. Yeah, it's when the, that's when the real work gets done. That's probably right there where we became best friends for life. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. From just like this is a, a volunteer to camper like friendship to yeah. like yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, Garrett, I remember that Tim gave you the walkie-talkie. So that when we were on, when it, such a bad time, idea. We would just hear it too. Yeah, yeah. I that just, was so funny. I just mess with a uh, mess with a uh, Clayton, because he was always yeah. he was always doing paperwork. Yeah. So I always mess with him. <laughs> Man, yeah. Melissa, once she became director, put a stop to that. <laughs> she was pretty smart. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, love, I love when ideas get killed. Like, I remember, like, Matt Nazer pulled me one aside. He was like, I think I told this on the podcast, but he's like, uh, Andrew, you got a second? I pull out. He's like, we can't do the live birth. Like, we can't put you in baby oil and have you be birth live in front of everyone. I go, I go, I, yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I know. I know. That's the same thing with We can't give you the walkie-talkie. It's like, I know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's dumb. Dumb I even thought about yeah. it in the first place. Yeah, I mean, you, you oh, die you die a little inside, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's inside your Dead. You're just dead. Yeah. Honestly, I, I feel like Melissa also was saying that, but after the fact, when she put me, you, and Meredith in a planning group, <laughs> she was like, "Why did I do that? No, never again. No, absolutely not." <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that. That again. That's like playing the rules, but never break the rules. Like I'm like, I don't think they read these packets. I'm like, I'm gonna take a real shot here. I wish I had that one back. But yeah, anything went in those packets. You put it in the packet. It went. Yep. Yeah. But hey, I enjoyed those walkie that walkie talkie time, you know. Hell yeah. I, I knew that it was, you know, gonna come to an end at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know. Gotta enjoy it while, when it's there, you know. Hell yeah. Just like Rez, but it was the best best memories with the best people of my life and I'll 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 treasure every moment and every res I've had with every group. Totally. Seriously, just such a tremendous thing of program that we can do and I'll be a part of. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um so probably you know maybe another episode we can get again more in depth on camp um and maybe bring in a guest you know to talk about camp and just do kind of a full-on camp episode i think that would be that would be awesome um so before we go let's do uh one positive uh for the last uh week or last time since we've done an episode Wow, it's like I I remembered this, but then I didn't. Was like, oh wait, I have to think of something to share. I got mine easy peasy. Yeah, the no. warm weather of the last week has had a significant increase in my happiness, mm-hmm. and I spent all of this weekend outside and like just not thinking about not important shit. It was like only with my friends and family, and it was like the best. I couldn't even tell you how happy it made me being outside mm-hmm. the last the last week. That's great. 
Um, I mean, honestly, mine, I've said it before, I'll say it again, has got to be being the Bachelor Fantasy League champion. I mean, well deserved. can't walk away from well that. Deserved. Well deserved. Well deserved. So I think I, I have one and then like another kind of quick one, um, but got my second uh, COVID vaccine on Monday morning. So that was great. It was good to be able to get that. So, you know felt like pretty tired and lethargic yesterday but you know feeling pretty good today um and then the other thing it was uh my dad's birthday a week ago today um so we like opened some presents on wednesday and then we opened presents this weekend because we thought my older brother was coming but he ended up uh, not being able to come by um so we'll celebrate you know more of his birthday later but uh just seeing my dad opening gifts is, al is always fun I got him some uh, barbecue spices, so he'll be, you know, using those on the grill. And then, uh, I think, it, yeah, it was that same night, uh, we got my dad, like, a, a built, like, a, like, one of those portable fireplaces, mm -hmm. um, where you can, like, start a fire anywhere, and my dad's three, my dad's three favorite words, some assembly required, set on the box, so that will be fun to yeah. cons construct that. That'll be interesting. I love it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, great, great show this week. And uh, to all of our listeners, you can go follow the Twitter page. Hopefully we get some more content out there uh, in the next couple of days. But, uh, yeah, go follow the Twitter page for all the, all the great content. And you can listen on SoundCloud. So uh, everyone have a good uh, rest of your day and rest of the week. And uh, breath of fresh life. Signing off.